Welcome to Uncontained, episode 131. I'm your host, Aaron Static Render, and this week I speak to a Bay Area stand-up comic by the name of Mo Gordon. I actually saw him perform live at The Layover in downtown Oakland on Tuesday of last week, and I uh, just thought he had an interesting set and wanted to have him on my show. On this episode, Mo and I talk about chasing your true self in your performance, uh, the way that he networks, and the special type of networking he does called loopers. And yeah, that's all in this show, all coming your way. Now it's time to plug in your earbuds because this is how Mo Gordon lives uncontained. How are you doing today, Mo? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well, Static. How you doing? I'm doing great, dude. I'm doing great. Thank you for joining me on the show today. And uh, well, I actually just saw you perform less than a week ago here, and that was at the layover in Oakland, and I, I really enjoyed your set, man. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. I appreciate that. Yeah, and uh, I noticed that your style was a little bit different than a lot of the other stand-up comic styles. Uh, because a lot, a lot of comics are up there, you know, just talking to the crowd. You were actually had a conversational vibe, like you were talking with the crowd. Is that typical of your uh, stand-up style? <laughs> it is, man. It, it is. Is um, the style is I like. I really I like to come off as like somebody they, they want to hang out with, a friend of theirs. You know, like we're hanging out in the, at a party, having a conversation. Like that's okay. All right. So. Um, so yeah, you were up there talking. Uh, there was some birthday girl and all that good stuff, and just got. It, it was very. It was kind of cool, kind of like just transitioning with the conversation in a way. So, about what percentage of your set would you say is written? What percentage is ad libbed? I'd say typically I'm sixty forty written to spontaneous. You know, because like I do have jokes i need to get off but a lot of times you can break away from that audience will take you away from your set so sometimes you you will get out of that but you always got to remember your place so i'd say with me i'm you know i'm 60 40 probably i'd say i, I was just curious on that and how that worked out uh there so let's just start with one of the very basic questions how did you end up getting into stand-up comedy how did i end up in comedy um <laughs> Uh, funny thing is, well, I've always wanted to do comedy. I guess, you know, a lot of most comedians say that uh, most of my life I wanted to do comedy, but I went through some pretty rough stuff in my life a few years ago and I was in a bad place and I I was looking for an outlet to, to kind of speak my mind or let go. And um, I kind of was talking to some friends. And I did this, um, I did this crank call that I did this crank call that I kind of, it was a, it was a pretty funny crank call to a uh, prostitute on Backpage. Um, okay. All right. That's, <laughs> that's interesting. And, um, and I kind of just riffed the whole thing and it was, it was like a bunch of us in a room and that right there made me feel like I could, I could, I think I could do this, you know? So I said I wanted to do stand-up comedy, and then I invited a whole bunch of people, and then once a whole bunch of people said they were going to come, I kind of, like, forced myself into it. Like, I can't back out now. Okay. So what what was the first show like? Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. My first show was, like, my one of my favorites. No lie. Because um, it, was, it was so much nervous energy, 
and anxiety, like it just turned into this, this energy. And I was, I, I, I don't remember what I did and I don't remember what I said and nothing was really <laughs> planned. And so it was just, it was me, you know? And like, and that's like, I think what a lot of comedians struggle to be is themselves on stage. And it was 100% me. Um, and that's why I love that set, like more than any other set I've done, like almost hands down. Right. I'm glad you said that uh, a lot of comedians struggle to be them and put themselves out there um, because that is like one of the biggest challenges on stage. I've done stand up comedy before. I haven't done it for a while, but um, eventually, eventually I'll grab that mic again. But um, please, I please and, do, please do. <laughs> right, I, I will, man. I will. I just got to tell enough people that I'm gonna do it, just like you, and then I'll get back <laughs> up there. I've been focusing on this podcast so much, trying to get it rolling, and you know, make sure that I have episodes for it. So that's been where my my main focus has been recently. But I I I had an interview a while back. I I can't remember who this quote goes to. But he said the goal of stand-up comedy is kind of to get to be that person that you are in your living room joking around with your friends on stage. But, you know, that sounds very simple. But when you step up there on stage, a lot of times something switches and you're like, hey, I got to perform and like be like Rodney Dangerfield or something like that. Or your favorite yeah. comic that you just saw perform. Yeah, it is tough. There's some people that have a character that they play up there. You know what I mean? There's some people yeah. that want to get away from who they are. That's not me, but there's some people who want to to get away from who they actually are. And so they play a character up there. And then there's some people that just want to be that just want to be like, you know, themselves, you know? And like, yeah, and that's that quote is one hundred percent what it is. Like it's it's a matter of like when I write. Like the things I write down are the things that make me laugh alone in my room. Okay. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. the stuff I write down, you know, like, and that, the stuff that makes me laugh alone in my room is the things that I, I try to build on. And that's, that's basically how I go. You know, everybody else's process is different though. All right. All right, man. What is your writing process like? Is there anything that, uh, you know, inspires you to write more than, uh, than anything else? Um, I think it's not anything I can control really. It's, uh, the, the most time I, the times that I write the most is I'm usually at a bar and I'm usually at a bar and I'm usually sitting there and there's energy that's around me that like kind of inspires me to think faster, you know, like the music's playing, the TVs are on, people are having conversations and that, that inspires me to want to, to write. It's hard for me to actually write in my room by myself. Like yeah. I can like come up with an idea, but I can't write a whole like you know what I mean. I can't write a whole joke alone in my room. Like I can write a concept in my you know, but I can't. Okay. I got to be out you know and build on that. I mean, I, and like I said, everybody's process is different. Mine is just observation. I observe something and I'll write it down, or I hear somebody say something and I'll write it down. You know. All right, very cool, man. So when when I met you the other night, it was uh, as I was saying in the intro, it was a showcase at the layover in Oakland, and you you told me that you've been doing uh, stand up for about three years, correct? A little over three years, yeah. A little over three years. All right, man. So in that time, like you said, your first show was a big high, 
what was like one of your biggest bombs? What made you want to come back from that? You know, it wasn't like I, I'm not gonna be. Uh, I see a lot of comedians like will say like they've never bombed. Like some comedians, I bomb. I never bomb this and that. And I'm not gonna say I've never bombed, but what I'm gonna say is that I've had learning experiences. Okay, you know what I mean. Like, yeah. and that's what it is. Like, I've I've done something where I go, I know this can work because I've tried it and I've continued to try. It. I didn't I've never scrapped anything. So it's like it's something that I didn't say it correctly or maybe I drank too much before the show or maybe I you know, what I mean, like it's a it's I feel like bombing is learning experience. It's not really failing to me. You know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. This comedy it's 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 hit or miss no matter who you are. You could be Dave Chappelle. You know what I mean? You could be anybody. And sometimes Dave Chappelle never misses. <laughs> there's been times that Dave Chappelle has not had a good set, man. I, I'm sure there is, like, man. I was just being a <laughs> just being a smart know? ass, man. I apologize. Uh, you know, but I know what you mean. You know, but I, I and I know what you're saying because it's Dave Chappelle. You know, and like and it's anything he says is funny. But I guarantee you, like it's for every comedian. There's just been times where you're just off that day. You know what I mean? You could say a joke that's murdered a hundred times and one day you're just not on your game and you say it and it doesn't come out right and people don't respond to it you know like the, the way you expect and like that's that's the beautiful thing about and i was talking with a friend the other day about it and i was saying because i used to play like i used to play high school football like and I, I loved high school football and i said that comedy is so much like football it's like on one play you can you can you know score 80 yard touchdown and on the very next, very next play you can get your head taken off very you know true. what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know, like, it's like it doesn't, and you got to get up and go do it again. You know, like, and it's that's how it is. Yeah, definitely. I was actually listening to this uh, one podcast today. It was it's actually a school of greatness uh, with uh, Lewis House, but he was talking to this one person, yeah. and they were talking about. Uh, having to being okay feeling pain and moving with it like an optimist aspect and one of their examples was a stand-up comic like you know a stand-up comic has to be all right with taking a lot of pain because they're gonna get up there and jokes are not gonna land and you know the goal is to get (laughs) like a laugh every 15 seconds and you got to go out there and make a crowd want to laugh, which for a lot of people is a terrifying thing being up doing public speaking, but just getting up there and trying out new material, letting it fall, pick it back up and reshape it and mold it and put it and present it again. That takes a uh, special something right there. It does. And I can, I can see your relation to high school football because i played football as well but you know one play you get knocked yeah. down you get up then you knock somebody else down it's a 100 if that's exact it's a the comparison is is very believable because like you said man it's like it's you can kill them a hundred times man and then there'd be that one time that it's just not it just doesn't work you know and then you can't you're not going to quit after that because you know what you got you know, tomorrow, <laughs> you got another set tomorrow or you got, you know what I mean? Like you can't be like, oh, I'm done, you know, or another play or vice versa. Like it's a, I don't know. It's a, it's a very good comparison. Very good comparison. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. So obviously then you can't let your head just hang low after that. You got to get back up and do it. And I think that's kind of the message of this. And part of me saying the whole Dave Chappelle never bombs type thing or never has has an off night is because a lot of people that just like watch, say, Dave Chappelle and see him on TV or whatever only see their on nights. You know, that's the only thing that's televised. So, you know, there's that other side, even Dave Chappelle, I don't know if I'd say he bombs anymore, but there's nights where his jokes aren't hitting as much as he would like them to. Yeah, that's that. And I 100%, I believe that. And I think that's why he goes to a lot of places and he'll sit there for what, three hours, (laughs) you know, two hours and he'll do a set because he's really, he's working stuff out, you know, and not everything will hit, but it's a workout, man. You got to go to the gym and practice that. Steph Curry had to go to that gym and miss a lot of threes before he started making those threes. You oh, know what yeah. I mean? Like, you know? Yeah, definitely, man. All of it, all of it takes work and that's the unfun part. Exactly. So, um, unfortunately people won't be able to check this out when they're hearing this, if they haven't seen it already, but I saw that you have a show actually coming up, uh, this Friday, is that uh, correct? Yes. And it's with a person that's been on HBO, Conan, Late Show. Oh, yeah. Um, I'll be opening for Brendan Walsh uh, this Friday at Sally Tomatoes in Runner Park. Yeah. All right. Very cool. Very cool. So when you go to open up for a big national act, is your mindset different than, say, if you... Uh, we're going to do the show that the show that I saw for instance at the layover. Um, I'd say no, because I don't feel like I'm chasing my true self no matter what. Okay. So I'd say no. You know what I mean? Cause I feel like my true self is where I want to be. So no matter where I'm at, that's what I'm chasing. So I, I don't, I won't adjust my, you know what I mean? Anything or I'll just, I mean, I just want to be myself up there and that's, that's what I know. And that's all I know, you know, that's really how I go. Shit. I mean, I, I can't be anybody else up there cause I don't, I don't do the character, you know, things. <laughs> so I, I, I me, you know, yeah, you don't get up there do the Larry, the cable guy thing. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That that would be kind of funny to see you do that though, but uh, I may do I may do that one day. I may get up there and do and do Larry the Cable. <laughs> oh man, the funny thing is that that is a character. The real guy that does it, he he is not Larry the Cable guy. He's he's a regular person. <laughs> yeah, I know, and I mean, and like I'm not. I I mean, I think he's a funny dude, man. You know, and I what what sucks is that. It's kind of you, if you do do a character up there, you kind of, you're stuck in it. You know what I mean? Like, he couldn't go up there and be like, hey, my name is Kyle. Like, you know, I'm not Larry <laughs> the Cable guy. He was like, who the hell are you? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know who this dude is. Like, where, where's the cutoff? You know, where the cutoff shirts? Where's the, you kind of stick yourself in that. But I'd say at the end of the day, I mean, making it as that is better than not making it at all. Oh, definitely. I agree 100%. Unless, unless eventually you get to the point where you're like, God, I really hate this character and you can't escape it, Like uh, then then it could work the reverse effect on you after a while. But uh, for the most part, I think that you're right. Making it as a character opposed to yourself would be better than not even going out there and doing it or not even making it, period. Exactly. I mean, it's a... It's- 
I don't know. Like, it, that's what I think of. You know, it's like people that make fun of like one hit wonders. And it's like, yeah, they might only had one hit, but at least they fucking had one hit. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like it's, <laughs> How many hits did you have? <laughs> you know what I mean? That's, that's true. That's what I feel like. It's like it, if that's what it takes for you to get on, man, then, then more power to you, to me. Like, you know, I, I will never knock anybody for their hustle or anything that they try to do, you know? So, like, it's not me and it's not what I would do. You know, but I mean, it. I I respect it, and if that's what takes you to get on, get on. But I mean, it. It's tough to go back from that. I mean, Steve Urkel could never be anything other than fucking Steve Urkel, you know, for the rest of his life. Very true. You know? Just like, like Screech from <laughs> Saved by the Bell, you know. Even though he's out exactly. doing stand up now, he's Screech whenever anybody sees him. I know in uh, Family Matters, they did try to give like Steve Urkel the cool alter persona or whatever, just to try. I, I don't know if that was like they planning did. ahead to be like, okay, we're going to try to get you something so you can play something other than any cheese yeah. or. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say he pitched that idea for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> for sure. He was like, I'm trying to get some pussy and I can't get any pussy of Steve Urkel. Like, no, so, nobody you know, wants to yeah. hook up with Urkel. <laughs> Did I do that? <laughs> <Nobody else>. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I, I don't know oh, how I'm doing shit. on the impersonation, but I'm actually kinda nasally right now, like sinus wise, <laughs> so maybe that helps, but yeah, so that was that was that was pretty on point. All right, all right. That's what that's what I like to hear. <laughs> do you do any impersonations or anything, or are you just? <laughs> I do some impersonations, but they're not like any good. I'm not like fucking. I'm not you know Jay Farrow or anybody. But I mean, I do some like like iconic impersonations. You know, they have to be somebody that, that's a that's particular that I'll do. You know, like. I'm, but I'm not. That's not really my. All right. In I kind of throw it into the set, like the you know what I mean. It's not like hey, I'm about to do an impersonation. It's like I'll be in the middle of a joke and I'll say a tagline like a person, you know what I mean, or something like that. Okay, so who are some of the people who have made it into uh, into your set as an impersonation? Um, I've done. To be truthful, I've only done two, and that's um, that is Tracy Morgan. Okay. And and it's a, a comedian by the name of T.K. Kirkland. And he goes by T to the motherfucking K. And it's a really old school comedian. And um and he's got some iconic like quotes that people that know him know when I do it, they know exactly who I'm talking about. So it's really kind of like a personal thing that only only certain people who know who he is would know. Okay, okay. The name does sound somewhat familiar to me, but I don't know. Like, I remember back in the day when I'd want to watch stand-up, the only place that had stand-up on was BET's Comic View for the longest time. And that name sounds like it's familiar from there, but I could be wrong. Oh, yeah, he was on there. No, he, he was on. He was on Comic View. He's on Def Jam. Like, T.K. Kirkland's, he's, he's done it. He's done it all. I mean, he's done everything you would want to do as a stand-up comedian aside from... I don't know, you know, have a special on whatever people want. You know what I mean? T.K. Clerkin's a very polished, very polished comedian. You know, his, 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 and his, his style is a little different. He's more of like a seminar, like a, a lesson type of style. <laughs> okay. How I mean, so? I, I just, cause he, he, the way he talks to people, it's almost like he's teaching them. You know what I mean? Like it's, so it's like a, it's a style of he's teaching you how to be 
a better person or a better pimp or a, a better hoe or you know what I mean? Like his style <laughs> okay. is he he thinks he's a pimp. So it's um his style is different. And I grew up off of, off of you know, off of black comedians. So like it's something I grew up in. So his his taglines are iconic. So I it's in me to like sometimes I'll say it that way and then only certain people know who I'm talking about when I do it, but it's I don't know. It's it's not really even for them, it's for me. Because it okay. just comes out of me. I can't really control it. Yeah. I gotcha. I gotcha, man. Um yeah, it's it's also cool when the I'm sure it is cool when the uh people in the audience do get it because you know that they know what you're talking about can you tell when somebody's laughing because of the tag uh and the voice or just laughing because what you said was funny yeah i know exactly what you're saying i can separate who who's laughing just because of the way i said it's funny and who's laughing because they know exactly what the fuck I'm talking about? Yeah, the whole no- the whole nostalgic laugh, like oh, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So along with him, like, who influenced your comedy growing up? Who influenced? Uh, most importantly, no lie, it would be. Well, what made me want to be a stand-up comic was I went when I was about 19. I went to the Paramount in Oakland and I watched Jamie Foxx do "I Might Need Security." his um his um his like pretty much only comedy special and i saw like i saw talent like with my own like true talent with my own eyes and a lot of people don't think of jamie fox as a stand-up comedian but that's like one of the most talented people we've set our eyes on like people like really want to look at it you know what i mean like and and i saw that in person in like row four (laughs) like you know what i mean oh wow you know and it was amazing and at that I saw that and that made me go like I want to be that I want to be that free I want to be that person I mean I've never been on because Jamie Foxx is on 24-7 I don't know if you see a lot of interviews and he's on like it's a constant like he's got it all day long and um and watching that made me love the 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 art of performing but like He's not like my favorite stand-up comedian, you know what I mean? Like I, I, growing up, I was I'm a huge. I love Dave Chappelle. I love Patrice O'Neill. You know, like yeah. and Patrice O'Neill is is somebody that I chase. That's one hundred percent. It's the uh, the freeness to say whatever the fuck he wants to, man. Like I don't think people do that, and I don't think right now in this this world in 2018, you can do that. I don't know if Patrice O'Neill could actually be a stand-up comic in 2018 to be honest you know like it, it's the way this world is and the, how pc is man and like it i see it a lot in san francisco and it's like it's so many fucking like just jokes that like it's like this shit is funny but these people are so scared to laugh man like and it it it's it's common where comedy comes from it's we're supposed to say the things that you're scared to say and yeah. i think that it's getting away yeah. from that you know, it's really getting away from that and it's it's going to a place that I'm not I'm not enjoying really, you know? Yeah, I, I agree with that completely. It's a I don't know. I don't I don't know, man. It's about freedom of speech, man. Like that's where I feel like this this got started. And it's about, you know, speaking your mind and your point of view. And I think that the world doesn't like other people's point of view, personal point of views. They want everybody to have the same thought. You know, and that's mm-hmm. like, that's almost like, that's somewhat like, kind of like, 
v for vendetta shit like kind of in a way you know what i mean like it's kind of like like everybody's gotta have this sort of like the same thought and everybody's gotta move this certain way and everybody's gotta and it's like what no we're all individuals like we gotta we gotta we gotta think us our own way and we have to we have to express that on sometimes on on stage you know and like and it's like if you don't like what i'm saying and don't come to a comedy show man i'm not you know like you want to write my material you know what i'm saying like that's what (laughs) i feel like sometimes like Tell me what the fuck you want me to say. You know, like it's it's kind of yeah. So when I moved out here, I was I did did some stand up. I was living in Berkeley. I'm originally from the Midwest. I'm originally from Iowa. So when I came out here, people were like, "Oh man, probably such a culture shock for you out here." You know, see all sorts of different people and like and gay people and everything like that. And it was like, yeah. dude, first of all, like I lived in like iowa city cedar rapids area there's quite a bit of diversity there it's a college town it's a lot like berkeley in a way just smaller and then about the gay comment i was like did you know iowa is actually the second state in the nation to legalize gay marriage like about four years before california (laughs) did all right now now continue on but i made i made a joke i was like what really is the main culture shock about moving out here to california is two things all right one the price of housing out here is just ridiculous that was a shock and a half i rent a rented a room in berkeley for the same price that i rented a two-bedroom one in uh three-quarter bath in uh in the midwest and then i was like all all the bums out here were kind of a culture shock you know you have some don't get me wrong there's bums in like iowa but you don't see them shitting in the streets and then then they also have attitude because i told somebody i didn't have any money and a bum actually told me to take my broke ass home and somebody <laughs> somebody yeah actually the irony the irony in there right then he was wearing some plastic gold chain to look flava flavish and into a fly bum <laughs> then after that show i had somebody come up to me and be like you know what you said would have been funnier if instead of bums you said uh homeless people yeah i'm like absolutely completely wrong it's funnier with bums yeah homeless people doesn't ruffle any feathers you know it doesn't it doesn't make anybody uncomfortable it doesn't make anybody like it makes you like okay i can sit here that's 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 appealing to me and yeah i don't know i'm sorry that that was about my that's 100 percent They'll, somebody somebody one day will say saying bum is like saying the n-word and i'm like no it's no, it's not. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? They'll, they'll say that yeah. one day. Somebody will say uh, that one day. I, I am sure. I am sure. And you know what I found interesting? I heard that, you know the ter- term Good Samaritan? Yep. Samaritan used to be a derogatory term. It means you're like sub-merit or something like that. But they're like, oh, that's a good Samaritan. That's what I'm talking about, man. Yeah. It's a... Uh, I don't know, dude. It's a, it's a, it, ah, fuck, man. This is where I'm, this is where I'm at, man. And and this is where it's tough out there, man. You know, and that's why a lot of comedians don't do a lot of college shows, you know, like and everything. Cause like this, this world is just so, and I don't want to use the word, like people use loosely use the like liberal, like, oh, everybody's so liberal. And it's not really that. It's just people, people fall in line 
I think. I think this world yeah. is so full of like just falling line. You know what I mean? And like, and it's like, oh, everybody else is offended by this, so now I'm offended by this. And you know, like we we don't have this whole we don't we're we're running away from like individual thoughts. And it's like, yeah, like you go to LA and like you got everybody who like in LA who's walking around like, oh, I'm so eccentric, this and that. And it's like, no, you're not. You look like those twelve people at that fucking like cafe <laughs> right there. You know what I mean? You're not really, you're not really that different. You know what I mean? Like at all. Like uh, stop thinking you're so different. You know, and it's yeah, definitely, man. I don't know. I think part of it is too. Everybody like nowadays seems to want to be the victim of something like he offended me i i you know i can't believe he did that i am so morally superior or something along those lines so i follow exactly what you're saying on that and uh, i'm glad i went to college when i did before people necessarily started saying all that stuff because i actually got to see kevin hart at my college before he was that's awesome before he was huge yeah that's big and that's that's fucking i mean that's probably you probably seen a completely different kevin hart it, it, he was a little bit different but you could tell that he he definitely had his like set together he was he was ready to take that next step at that point it wasn't too long afterwards but yeah. you know it was cool like it was like 10 students watching him and it was it, it wasn't even a big auditorium or anything like that it was like they like closed down a section of the cafeteria and put up a stage but at least there was a stage <laughs> yeah yeah i mean hey college college crowds are rough sometimes you don't know how really how they're gonna turn out yeah i could see them either being awesome or horrible barely in between you know rarely ever and it's probably an extreme yeah. or another but oh man I don't know. I guess I could talk about people like stepping on free speech all day or whatever. Or what's what's wrong with this world or whatever? But <laughs> we we could, man. I don't know. There's there's probably a lot of podcasts that talk about that cover that. So do you want to solve the world's <laughs> problems today, Mo? <laughs> let's just let's just hash uh, it out. Not in an hour. I don't know if we could in an hour. That's for no, sure. no, probably not. Probably not. But yeah, yeah I. I don't know. One of the things that's wrong, I'll throw this out, then we'll move on. It's the way the news is. Whether you're a Fox News supporter or a CNN supporter or whatever you listen yeah. to, it basically makes it so you can go and listen to the opinion that makes you feel comfortable. So, yeah. you know, and you don't get any real news. You get stuff that makes you feel comfortable or, or scared so you tune in later. But, you know, I think I think that's a huge thing. Nobody here, Walter Cronkite would be pissed. Yeah, that's exactly, hey, man, that's a great, great point, man. That's really what it is. I mean, I feel like, yeah, that's what politics are. I mean, mm -hmm. I feel like politics are just what you're comfortable with. Everybody, nobody likes anything that they're not, that's not on board with their with their thinking or their thoughts, you know, and like they don't want to hear any other point of view. They don't want to hear any other. It's just about what I'm thinking. And if, if they're right in line with what they're thinking, yeah, that's that's it. That's that's truly what what's going on right now, you know, and that's and that's yeah, you're right. People can just tune in to whatever they want to hear mm -hmm. and then it'll just feed them whatever that is, you know, and then and that's what's stuck in their brain. Yeah, exactly. So you can go listen to all the pro-Trump or anti-Trump, whichever one makes you feel all fancy inside. Yep. 
which is how it not it shouldn't be. I'm not like a I'm not a Trump supporter, but I I feel like information should be information and it shouldn't be divided that way. You know what I mean? Like that's not how the world works. Exactly. News has turned into entertainment. Really, it's like, you know, the whole if it bleeds, it leads. And then also, like, what can we say about the other side to make this people more magnetized towards us or whatever, you know? Uh, I don't know. That's just my take on it. Yeah, I mean, it's, that's that's real shit. I don't have a solution. <laughs> I mean, I got a solution, but I mean, I'm going to need eight years. I'm going to need two terms to, 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 to get to it. <laughs> what year are you running? Mo Gordon for president. <laughs> oh, no, man. I, I've done I've done way too much as a kid to, to be able to go be president. Man, man that, but you know, that's I don't know. I think that's what it needs. Somebody who's actually done like too much stuff and just open with it right at the right at the beginning of it. Yeah, I did this, I did that, I did that. Don't have to worry about me hiding crap. Here we go. You know? Shit, I, I think I think we're going through that right now. To be honest with you. <laughs> you know? Okay. I hear that, but but in a different I think he's going about that kind of I don't know, not necessarily the right way in a way, you know, it's like more, he's more vindictive about it too. Like, I'm just saying, be like, um, you know, if, if you ran for office and you did some crap in your past, I'm not saying necessarily grab a woman by the vagina or whatever, but, um, but you know, smoke a little weed, um, get in a little trouble as a kid, whatever, whatever kids do they should be open about it i think the world is way too judgmental for that man i think people want somebody in power that they feel is is better than them you know so like if i if i if i go a in high school i used to you know smoke you know blunts skip classes smoke blunts and then there's somebody who's like oh i used to do that too like they're not they're you know what i mean they're thinking then they're thinking we're on the same level and they want they want I, it i feel like people want someone that they feel like is better than them that makes better decisions than them now i don't know necessarily what happened in this last election other than like maybe they just convinced a whole bunch of middle america that you know what i mean like whatever he was pumping was right or whatever yeah. he was talking was correct but for some reason they all felt like that guy was a better person than them and he he was going to make smarter decisions than them and his ideas were were on point with their ideas and i feel like that's where we are and that's that's how if you really look back on it that's how all presidents are chosen yeah you got a valid point there think about clinton like clinton everybody loved clinton until clinton got a blowjob in the oval office and then it brought him down to everyone else's a regular person level. Yeah. Because like, he's just a regular person, but it brought him down in everyone else's eyes to a regular person level to where people started pointing their fingers at him. We're just like, dude, like, I mean, he's just a, like, he is what most married men are. Like, he, like, most married men are down to get their dick sucked in the <laughs> Oval Office by their secretary, right? I mean, like, that's, and- that's it is what it is. And I think part of it was if it was like a supermodel level like chick, the what nobody would have been as upset about it. Because look at JFK and Marilyn Monroe, 
Okay. Yeah. Like that was going on. I think what actually brought him down to the average person level, as you say, he did it with an average woman. Like, yeah. If he would have like, it, it wasn't like it wasn't like rock star sex, you know. It was. Yeah. You're saying it. Yeah. I I got what you're saying. You're saying if 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 Bill Clinton had had hooked up with Sidney Crawford in the Oval Office and people found out, it wouldn't have been as bad. It, it, yeah, it would have been. It would have been expected. Okay, there's a president hooking up with a hot chick. I, I think some people might have been proud of him or something like that. But now yeah. it's like, like you're looking at it as like, man, that's the best our president can do. Because that's that would have been upper echelon shit, one hundred percent, man. That I think that's what you're. You got a good point. That's that that would have been upper echelon shit. He hooked up with a chick that looks like she works at fucking Walmart. And people and people had a problem with that. Yeah, for sure. It brought him down to a regular person level. Exactly. And he stopped. He, you know, and that, that, that's what it is. Yeah, it's a good point. <laughs> All right, man. All right. So let's uh, just roll on with the second half part of the show here. Uh, I don't even know how to transition from where we were. So I'm just going to roll with it here. <laughs> All right. So like in your three years of doing stand up. Like, what advice have you come across that either you wish you would have known when you started out or that you learned along the way that you'd care to share with somebody who is looking to get started out doing stand-up? Um, 100% the lesson is it's not about how funny you are. Okay, what's it about? It's about your networking. It has nothing to do with how funny you are. It has everything to do with your networking. Okay, so what what do you do for networking? Like, how do you grow your network? <laughs> I'm gonna be honest, is I don't, man. I, that's my I'm horrible at networking, and that's like my thing. Something I have to get better at is like I I'm like a I'm like sometimes socially awkward, and like okay. people don't get that, and like they think I'm joking about it. But there's times where. I'm super socially awkward where I don't want to say anything to anybody. And then there's times where I could be everybody's, you know, best friend in the room, you know, like, and it, and it, I, I don't know how to turn it off and turn it on. So a lot of times I just let me be me and I might come off sort of uh, like uh, distant, you know what I mean? Or something yeah. like that, like to people. And I mean, I don't know if I, I don't know if I rub people the wrong way or, whatever it is, but like, it's just, it's tough for me to walk up to someone and, 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 and try to get to know them on a, on a business level other than a personal level. You know what I mean? Cause like, that's what it's about. Comedy is about a business and you're really yeah. just networking and you're mingling. And it's, it's tough for me. It was so much easier for me to go to a bar and just meet like the 12 people, you know what I mean? Like so much easier for me. I don't know why, but it just is. Cause there's no, huh. there's no other agenda behind it. You know what I mean? Like there's no, uh, I'm just meeting people and being myself, you know, like, and I don't, it's tough for me to go. It's tough for me to go sell myself kind of in a way. And I feel like that's what comedy is about is you got to kind of mingle and kind of sell yourself in a way. And I mean, I mean, yeah, you got to be funny, like to a certain extent, obviously, but I mean, really it's not it. You, you, I mean, at the end of the day, you really you you don't <laughs> like, you know yeah. what I mean like <laughs> that actually makes a lot of sense though 
um, because I don't know what it is about creative types where like a lot of them feel like cheap when they're trying to promote themselves like they'll talk to anybody yeah. they'll promote other people they'll talk about other people's stuff but when they talk about themselves and like i know people are like oh well people talk about themselves all the time that are in the entertainment industry uh some of them but uh but you know it it's different when you switch to feel more salesy you know like i'll talk to somebody conversationally yeah. about my podcast but when i'm trying to like sell it to them i feel like you know i should be wearing a plaid uh, or checkered jacket slinging used cars on the weekends you know like with the exactly. two two guns and a wink uh type thing but yeah. yeah i feel what you're saying man i feel what you're saying dude you you couldn't you couldn't have said it better any better than the way you just said it it's 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 a it kind of makes you feel cheap and it shouldn't because that's this this business is you got to sell yourself, you know what I mean? But it 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 that's exactly what it feels like. It feels like I'm like like I it feel I feel icky. I feel really icky yeah. when I walk up to people I don't know. Like, hey, what's up? My name is Mo Gordon, and it's like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't I, I don't know what it is. Like, it's a it's different, you know? Like it it's a you know what? It's almost kind of like it's almost kind of like this. This is how I would compare it to. It's almost kind of like you're at a bar and there's the hottest chick in the bar and you've seen 13 guys walk up to her and try to talk to her. And okay. now you're going to try to go be the 14th. You know what I mean? Like, yep. it's kind of like, uh, like, I don't fucking want to do this shit. You know what I mean? Like, kind of <laughs> like, oh, here it's another. my turn to get, you know, rejected. like, and it's like, exactly. You know, and it's a, it makes me it just makes me feel a certain type of way to where sometimes I just go like fuck it. I'll just sit here in the corner and kind of be to myself. And I and I can't be that way. I have to like you have to be able to network in comedy. Exactly. And I think that goes across all of like entertainment and maybe even all of business. I don't know. But um I the thing is though, what you gotta remember or think about is a lot of times when you're feeling salesy it's not always coming across as that to people, but a lot of times it just comes across as telling them about what you do. You know, I heard somebody yeah. say like within the first 30 seconds of meeting somebody, they should know what you do. Yeah. Like if yeah. you're a stand up comedian, they should know you're a stand up comedian. Like vegans yeah. do it. <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah, they do, don't they? <laughs> Hi, I'm Samantha and I'm a vegan. Yeah, anybody in CrossFit, anybody, yeah, yes, vegans CrossFit, CrossFit and vegans, man, people, eh, they're we'll let you know. Or anybody, or anybody that's like doing micro brew in their garage, whatever <laughs> percent they'll let you know. In the first, <laughs> yes, exactly, man. All right, so besides networking and feeling salesy, what are you doing to help promote yourself? Um, other than social media, like I just try to get out there, man. Um, like I hit the, I'm old school. Like I hit the pavement. Like I, 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 no lie. I, within the first, like my three years, I was, I was an alcoholic dude. And I would be at, I'd go, it's like, I had a friend, a good friend of mine who's from, uh, he's from Astoria, Oregon. Okay. And he did this thing. He did this thing. He's not a comedian, but he does this thing, what he calls loopers. And what a looper is, is you go to a bar in a neighborhood in area. He's do he does this in Portland all the time. He okay. go to a bar, 
he'd chill and he'd have one drink and he'd meet. He'd say he'd say at least three people he doesn't know. And then he'll go, he'll have that drink and then he'll leave. And then he'll go to another bar and, uh, and he'll have one drink, meet three people, you know? And I, I, we used to do this uh, when he lived down here. And I thought about applying that to comedy. So what I did was I started doing loopers in the area I live in. So I'd go to a bar, I'd have one drink, I'd meet three or four people, tell them I did stand-up comedy, they should come out. And then okay. I'd go to another bar, I'd have one drink. You know what I mean? And then, like, I mean, I turned me kind of into a fucking alcoholic, but <laughs> I... <laughs> but I met a lot of people and a lot I have I've met a lot of like friends and a lot of acquaintances and a lot of people that that um that come to my shows, you know, now. And I mean they they still to this day, you know, they'll be there tomorrow, you know, tomorrow night, you know, and like and it's um it it, it was so much easier for me to network that way because it wasn't I don't feel like it was they weren't a part of the business. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was so much easier to to uh, to go about it that way, and I I, I just found a, a method somebody taught me, and I just kind of applied it to a different to a different game, really. All right, yeah, I imagine it's well, it's got to be two different types of networking, man. Uh, business networking and networking with uh, potential fans, and they're both like kind of they're the same but different in a way. I'm sure. It's completely different because there's no hidden, really hidden agenda. I'd invite them and it's like, you can come if you don't, but I'm going to fucking drink this drink and I'm going to fucking believe, you know, it's kind of <laughs> like, yeah, I'm going to, you know what I mean? It was really no hidden agenda. It was just like, Hey, I'm here. I'm meeting some people. And it wasn't, there wasn't a, a, a given, uh, a give and take like mentality there. Like it was a, it was really just like a straight up, like I'm kind of here for, you know, 20 minutes. I'm going to have this drink. I'm going to meet some people. And then, you know, I'm going to leave and I'll tell them what I do if they think I'm funny. Like, you know what I mean? I can come off as myself. And then eventually at the end of that, tell them, oh, by the way, I do stand up. I'll be performing here. You guys should come out. Okay. You know, like, and it was a. So it was just a different it was just a different mentality that I uh, a method that I just I, I applied to a different to a different world. That was really all it was. So with the looper technique, um, like how how do you. How do you do it? Obviously, you go in, get a drink. Do you sit up at the bar and talk to who's next to you? Do you look for a group of people to go join? Or, like, uh, what is your technique at picking your targets while you're looping? Uh, my technique is sometimes I'll go sit at the bar and I'll just start talking to the person next to me. Or if there's a group of people. Because, like, it's almost like kind of when I write. It's like I'm listening to, like, three different conversations that are going on while I'm writing. You know what I mean? So, like... It's almost kind of like I'll listen to somebody's conversation and a lot of times I'll be able to I'll be able to kind of just like comment on that. And I'm like, oh, hey, oh, by the way, I know, you know, what I mean, oh, you guys just came back from, you know, such and such or whatever. Like and then we'll start a conversation and then that allows me to be myself and like give them my personality. And then if I have these people laughing like that's when I roll into, oh, by the way. You know, like, and so it's not kind of like, hey, how are you guys doing? My name is Mo Gordon. You guys should come to my show. Then people are like, oh, what the fuck? You know what I'm yeah, saying? Kind of in a way, you know? Exactly. Like, you got to you gotta bring that at the end. It's it's just being a salesman, but it's just kind of being it in a sneaky way. You know, kind of <laughs> in a way. Like, you know? All like, right. It's, it really, really, yeah. All right, man. That That's cool. I'll have to try the looper technique at some point. 
Um, you know, you could, I think you could even do that in the line at the grocery store. You know, just start talking to people there. And I actually got one of my guests for the show in line at the grocery store. Rocky Peter. He was on American Idol. And uh, I don't know what number episode he is right off the top of my head. But he was uh, at Safeway in the Bay Area. And I don't know. He was singing to himself. I I said something. He, He made a joke about... Or actually, it was my girlfriend that made a joke about the four things of ice cream that I was holding. And uh, yeah, we got talking, and he's like, I got a track on iTunes. I was like, Oh, yeah, I got a podcast. It's on iTunes. And, <laughs> and just went from there, like set up an interview. It had a really amazing story. If you haven't checked out that episode yet, um, I'd say to give it a listen because uh, he's got a pretty amazing story, including being homeless being enslaved in Africa as a child and yeah. uh, then hitting American Idol and turning things around. So it was, it was, it's an impressive story how he, how much he had to overcome, yeah. but um, I'll, do I'll check that out once on. Yeah, man. Um, now what would be a highlight or two that you would care to share with the uncontained audience? uh comedy wise or just in like life uh either one i kind of it could be comedy wise but one or two really cool things that happened to you i'm I'm not asking for the highlight but just a couple highlights um yeah i I mean i'm gonna be honest with you the biggest highlight of my life was you know like is is comedy but i mean like like growing up like it there wasn't many highlights i had to be honest, you know, I was in like, <laughs> I was in a, a, a foster home from 13 to 18, man. Like I wasn't, there wasn't huge highlights in my life. Okay. Uh, you know what? The biggest thing that happened to me as a kid is I was a really good, I wouldn't say really good. That's like patting myself on the back. Go ahead. Pat yourself on the back. <laughs> I was a pretty good high school football player. All I'd right. Say. All right. Um, and so like, I, you know, like things that happen to me is like, like write-ups in the paper, like San Francisco Chronicle, you know, like things like that. Like, uh, very cool. Like, like as a teen, like those were the biggest things, like the highlights of my life growing up. All right. What'd be one from on stage, but on stage, maybe not necessarily on stage, but comedy related. I have to say, man, like really like the, the first time, man, like just doing comedy, like, cause Everybody like you and you've done comedy, so you know yeah. like the the nerves before you actually get on stage. <laughs> oh yeah, you know what I mean. Like before you act your first time, it's like you thought about it for so long, and then it's like it's finally there, you know. And like literally getting on stage was like the toughest thing to me, but like it was it was once I was up there, like every single worry went away, and it kind of I found my what I was supposed to be doing. Once like, you get no that laugh. first laugh, man, it's like, okay, I can do this. It was the greatest feeling. It was the, 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 I can't describe the feeling. Like I, I, it's almost like probably hitting your first, uh, hit of like crack. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like straight up. It is such a high. Yeah. It is such a high once you like are on that stage. So I, I can see what you mean. I've never smoked yeah. crack or meth or anything like that. 
Neither have I, man. Neither have I, man. But I'm going to assume that that is what it's like. And that I feel like the first time I got on stage that high, and I'm still chasing. I haven't even felt that yet. Like, I'm still chasing that. I get it. Like, heroin addicts, they're still chasing that. What is it? That purple dragon? That pink dragon? Something like that. Some colored dragon. Yeah. <laughs> is that? Is that? Uh, is that? That's he- or is that heroin? Or I, I don't is know. That what it is? Yeah, I don't know. Still, Something about chasing, a white pony chasing. or riding the dragon. <laughs> yeah, I'm. Well, I'm still chasing that. I don't know. Maybe I'd have to like do a show at the, you know, at the fucking Madison Square Garden or some shit. Like feel that again, but. I'm still chasing whatever that high, that first time high, man. And that just, that was, that was big to me. That was, um, that was something big to me. Cause I, I didn't, I, if you knew me before I did comedy, you would have said you could never see me up there. And most people would say that, you know what I mean? Like they knew yeah. I was funny, but they'd say like they'd never, you'd never see me actually, they could never see me on stage doing that. And to break through that, ended like it it was it was amazing man and like that's the biggest highlight of my life like really like i can't like i'm sorry i don't have anything like bigger than that to like give you you know what i'm saying like the first time on stage man that is that's a big that's a big thing so i'm sure once you break to another level you'll have like another epiphany and another rush of that uh giant dopamine hit yeah yeah man it's um it's, I don't know, man. It's stand-up comedy. Stand-up comedians are a special breed, and I feel like I don't think they get enough. I don't think they get enough credit. I don't think we do, man. And I, I just, I, it's a, it's something that I feel like, like, and I'm sure it happens to you. Is like you tell people that you do stand-up comedy, and then they always go, oh well, um, I always wanted to do it, or oh, I think I could do it, or I this yeah. and that, and it's like. And it's like, you know, and no lie, I can name you about 10 people I've talked into going to an open mic. You know, in like you were saying, like in line at like Safeway or this grocery store you're talking about. I, I, I we were, uh, me and a bunch of friends of mine were going to go see Chris D'Elia at Cobbs last year. Okay. And we were in line and there was this couple that was in front of us and I started having a conversation with them and his wife started saying how he always wanted to do stand up this and then he loved it. And then I told him that I did it. And I literally talked that dude into meeting me at the brainwash cafe and, and doing <laughs> open mic, dude, like, like no lie, man. It was awesome. And it's like, you know, that's a feeling as well. You know what I'm saying? To like, actually like help somebody like get over their fears of like something, you know, like, and it's a, that's a, that's a pretty big thing for me, you know, to motivate, motivate people. Like that's one of my, that's my biggest word. That's what I live by is, is, is to motivate. Awesome, man. Awesome. So, so, uh, now my next, uh, part of the, part of the questions is what do you want? Like the people who come see you to take away from, uh, your show, what do you want them to remember about your performance? Anything? Um, yeah, I do, man. I want them to, I want them to believe that this is what I'm speaking is truth. And I want them to speak truth. But at the same time, I want them to learn something from what I'm talking about. Okay. But more, but more than anything, man, is I want them to just to truly like, I don't know. I want people to, I want people to be themselves, man. Like, I feel like in this world, like we, 
we talked about this earlier in the podcast, yeah. man. Like, and like, I want people like people fall in line way too much, man. Like, and it, and I don't think there there are many individuals running around this world. And I, I feel like it's a. I want people to just be themselves, man. And I, so I'm trying to show people that it's okay to be yourself. You know, like it's yeah. okay to be weird. It's okay to be awkward. It's okay to be socially awkward. You know, like we we all are individuals, man. And I I want. I want to go up there and show them that it's okay to just be, if you want to do some sh- weird shit, do some, I do weird shit all the time when I'm, when I'm on stage, you know, like it's okay <laughs> to be fucking weird, dude. I'm a weird dude. You know, like, so. Yeah, exactly. I do. I do weird stuff. Uh, did some weird stuff on stage and I, I still do it off stage. I don't know. I walk around exactly. like talking in different voices and stuff like that. Uh, you know, uh, I, I always thought it was normal until somebody told me it was weird. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, you know, but it's just weird to them because they don't do it. You know what I mean? Like, and that's that's that does that's what does it doesn't make it weird just because they don't do it. It's 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 actually normal. What what is weird? You know what I mean? Like, it's I don't even think weird is a weird word, a real word. I think normal is 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 everything. Normal is everything because there's yeah. nothing you could. There's nothing you could say to me or show me that I'd be like, really? Wow. I'd be like, yeah, all right, I can see that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, pretty much. Like, like, there's nothing you could show me that will surprise me. Like, no lie. Fair enough, fair enough. I'm, I'm not even going to try to surprise you right now. We'll just roll with it. I'll take your word on that. But <laughs> part of me wants to be like, how can I make him say, wow, really? Uh <laughs> Hey man, like I don't. There's not much. There's not much, man. I I just read in the paper that a guy broke into prison so he could hang out with his friends. Like I, I, there's nothing that like there's nothing that will ever surprise me. You know what I mean? That 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 made my jaw drop just a little bit. But it's like, well, <laughs> yes, people are stupid. Uh- <laughs> this world is a funny place all right you said you wanted people to learn something you wanted to wanted people to be weird uh what is a way that you try to make sure that point comes across in your stand-up um <laughs> is out is random by the randomness i like to just like i like to say like i like to do jokes in in between i like the silence a lot of people don't embrace the silence in between jokes and stuff i like to embrace the silence and a lot of times it it makes people laugh okay you know like it because it's most a lot of comedians just want to keep talking because they don't want dead air out there but i like to embrace sometimes embracing the silence is you don't have to say something to make people laugh you know what i mean you can just give a face yeah you know like it no i'm just saying you can just give a face or just a look or uh, you know what I mean? Anything that'll have people laughing just as hard as you as a punchline, and uh, that's I, I enjoy that the weird, the awkward like stuff. That's that is that's something I I try to embrace because that's me. You know what okay. I mean? I'm a super weird, awkward guy. That's actually some good advice right there too. Embrace embrace the silence. I did a set. I did a benefit show in um in Santa Rosa for a uh, Redwood Empire uh, food bank or whatever. Okay. And um, and it was at the Arlene Francis Center. And I get up on stage, call my name, I get up on stage, is as soon as I pull the mic out of the stand, the cord falls out. <laughs> and immediately everybody starts laughing, right? And I don't, 
like I don't know what it was. It wasn't planned, but immediately in my head, I thought, "Go into your set, but don't say anything." So I went into mouthing my set. You know <laughs> what I mean? So it was complete silence. But it's and then for the first three minutes, I was doing my set, but not saying anything, and people were still laughing like I was doing my set. So it was the silence. It they embraced the the awkwardness in that. And I, I kind of rolled with the awkwardness and it's kind of like it, it, it frees people up to like that. It's, it's okay. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and I, I don't know, it's a, <laughs> the silence, dude. I embrace the silence, dude. Like it, it's, it's a, it's a cool thing to me. Like it's a, it's a power to me. It's like, it gives me power because I'm controlling everything. I can say something when I want to, or I can be silent when I want to, you know, and it's, it's kind of a power move. Very cool, man. Very cool. All right. Um, I do have one final question for you, but before I get there, um, where can people find you on the internet? Where can people see you at your upcoming shows or whatnot? Um, just what's your corner of the internet and where can people find you, Mo? Um, as of now, people can find me on Facebook at uh, Mo Gordon. Um, that's M O E G O R D O N. Uh, they can find me there. I post all my shows, most of my shows on there. And more than anything, I'm not a huge Facebook person, but more than anything, people can find me on Instagram. That's where I post most of my shows on Instagram. And that handle is at the, that's T H E underscore Mozone, M O E Z O N E. All right, at the Mozone and at Mo Gordon on Facebook. I will uh, make sure I put those in my show notes so people can find you. And uh, yeah, make sure you stop by, check out its page, check out shows. And um, definitely some anything, funny stuff. I post some funny things, you know, I say some funny things, you know, Um, it's a, it's a, cool page definitely definitely in uh, the instagram page is a, is a cool setup all right yes man uh i'll have to i've checked your facebook out i haven't uh, made it to your instagram yet i'll have to check that out here after the show so mo i would like to f- thank you for coming on the show tonight i really appreciate you um making mm-hmm. making your way onto the show and i do have that one final question for you it's the title question of the show Mo Gordon, how do you live uncontained? I live uncontained by being my true self, man. You know, at one hundred percent, I try to be I try to be myself. You know, and um, I feel like where we live in, like I said before, we live in a world where uh, being an individual isn't cool anymore. You know, and people are falling in line, and uh, so I feel like you can't you can't contain me. You know, you I I, I one hundred percent. I'm going to be myself regardless around whoever, you know, wherever. And that's me. You know, that's how I live my life. Right on, man. That's short, sweet, simple. But, you know, it's it's important. I think that's great. Great, man. Uh, Being able to be yourself isn't always as easy as it sounds, but it should be, you know. (laughs) Yes. Yes, it should be. It should be the easiest thing. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it should come naturally to you or something like it's you. Um, I don't get it, but um, all right. So <laughs> thank you one more time for coming on the show. And before I let you out of here, 
I have one final thing for you to do, Mo. And that is that? that is sign off the show. Will you do me the honor of signing off the show? Yes, I will. Everyone, I need you guys to uh, listen up. I need you guys to be yourselves and come out and see some comedy and allow people to be themselves, man. And uh, I am Mo Gordon, and I live uncontained. And that does it for another episode of Uncontained. Thank you to Mo Gordon for joining me. And thank you for listening, tuning in, and supporting the show. And also, make sure that you check out uh, Mo on social media, along with checking out uncontainedpod.com. And if you're looking to support the show, there is there is an Amazon banner link at the top of the page. And you can do what a lot of people have started doing is joining my Patreon group and uh, donating to the show. And you can find all the links to that at uncontainedpod.com or you can find it on my Facebook page as well. So uh, check that out and please continue listening, spreading the word, doing what you're doing. If you feel inspired, please, please leave that review on iTunes or the podcast player of your choice. Thank you once again, and until next time, live uncontained.